0: Okay. I want to thank you all for being here tonight. and uh, It's always good to be able to come into the house of the Lord and just, just feel His presence. Uh, yeah, Linda went to a, supposed, supposedly a meeting yesterday at City Hall about uh, fall harvest, but nobody showed up. Nobody from Reno. I think Ted and Krishana and Linda and maybe one other or two others but none of the city or none of them were there to really decide on anything. So, but we usually look at fall harvest and they was wanting to try to do it down there again. And uh, so I don't know what we're going to come up with on it. But uh, two, y'all remember that uh, August the 13th we will have Vacation Bible School and we will do everything back here in the Fellowship Hall. Not back here, but back here. Somewhere around here. And uh, so, uh, there'll be kids, I hope. And uh, so, it's always good to get the kids into the church. And, and, you know, having kids in church, sometimes it gets a little noisy. But I'll tell you what, I don't know what we'd do without them because they're our future. And so, I'd rather have a little noise than no noise at all. And uh, But tonight... I'm going to bring you a message. It's not a long message and everything. I know everybody's tired and they're hot, but I'm going to be looking in the book of Romans. Uh, There's a scripture in there. I love this scripture. And it it says so much about God's love, about the love of Jesus Christ for us and everything. And uh, I've entitled this uh, message, A Hope Fulfilled. You know, we all have a hope, and that's a hope of eternal life one day in heaven with God. Well, Romans is a great book. It's so full of God's love, the things that God's done. You know, Paul wrote about two-thirds of the New Testament. Paul was a very, very knowledgeable, but his knowledge didn't come from man. All of Paul's scriptures, everything that he wrote, was from the very inspiration of God Himself. God gave Paul what to write. Paul even said, "This is not from me; it is not my words, but it is the words of God Almighty that was that was re, that was revealed to me through Him." So, what Paul wrote was from God, and it's. It's, it's like that book of Romans is so full of so much good stuff. I just, I love the book of Romans. And, uh, but where I want to start out is, and I think this is really the appropriate place to start, is in Romans chapter 8, verse 1. Listen to what this says. It is it, I mean, this ought to inspire us right here, and if you read nothing else. But it says, There is therefore... Now, now, the moment that you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and you confessed Him with your mouth and you believed in your heart, now there is no condemnation. It says, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Condemnation is just another word for judgment. We're not going to stand before the judgment. Because we, when we accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we were judged at the cross. And we will not stand before judgment. Your name is already written in the Lamb's Book of Life. When the Lord Jesus Christ opens up that Lamb's Book of Life and he looks at it, your name's in there, hey, you're good to go. You're in heaven anyway, right there. And uh, it says, but there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Now listen to this. Sometimes we want to stop right there, but there's one other part here that we got to pay attention to. It says, who walk not after the flesh. Or right, we don't walk after the things of the world. We don't want to be like the world. We don't want to do what the world does. We want to do what the Word of God tells us to do. It says, but not to walk after the flesh, but after the Spirit. The Spirit is that Holy Spirit that's living on inside us, that guides us, comforts us, leads us, and helps us through all phases of this life. You know, the moment that you accepted Jesus Christ, right up here when I said that, now there is no condemnation, that moment you accepted Jesus Christ, you also had something else happen to you. You also became filled with the Holy Spirit. And He lives with you, He goes everywhere you go, He's with you constantly. You're never by yourself. You're never alone. He's watching over you. He's taking care of you. He's watching the things that we do. And if we do something wrong, I'm going to tell you right now, He will convict you. I mean, he would convict you. He will make you feel guilty because you are guilty. And when you feel that guilt, right then and there, go before the for God and ask for forgiveness I'm going to show you that in just a minute that this is what God expects us to do what he wants us to do so this uh, scripture Romans 8 1 is telling us that there is now no condemnation or no judgment for those who belong to Jesus Christ who have accepted him who believe in him who walk with him you're free of judgment and then also in Romans chapter 8, it's a great chapter in the Bible because it gives us the answer to the worries that, that, that we have, not only about the past, but about the present and about the future to come. In Romans 8, 1, like I said, it tells us there is now for no condemnation since we've accepted Jesus. So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Jesus Christ. When we sin or when we make a mistake, and believe me, we all do. You know, in the Bible it says if we say we have no sin, we make God out to be a liar. Every single one of us, at times in our life, we mess up, we make a mistake, we do something we shouldn't do, and we sin. But you know, God knew that we was going to do this. And he made provisions for it. He said, if you love me and you've accepted my son, Jesus Christ, I know that you are still in the flesh. Because, you know, whether we realize it or not, our spirit wars with our flesh daily. Our spirit is not wanting to do what, what the flesh wants to do. And the flesh is what the spirit wants us to do. There's a war there. Well, who wins? Who wins? The one that you trust most. The one that you believe in. If you believe in the Spirit, Spirit is like I'm talking about is the Holy Spirit. Who is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is simply the Spirit of Almighty God that is living on the inside of us. Now, that's a powerful, powerful spirit. But the flesh, we've been in that flesh all of our life. And that flesh does not want to give up what it's used to. It still wants to do the things that... You you know, even Paul had a problem. He said, you know, as much as he loved God, Paul still had a a problem that he faced. He says, there are times that I don't do the things I know to do. And I do the things I don't want to do. Is that not all of us? We know what we should do. We know what we shouldn't do, but yet we still go ahead and do it. That is the war against the flesh. The you don't want to do that, and the flesh says, oh, come on, you don't want to hurt? You can do it a little bit. Early. and God will understand. You know, we have to... Excuse me. What we don't understand is when we make a mistake, Satan is going to come against you and he is going to condemn you. Satan is going to condemn you. Not God, not the Holy Spirit. Now the Holy Spirit may convict you and say, hey, you made a mistake. You need to do something. But then... When we hear this and we feel this, we believe that we are in condemnation and then we condemn ourselves. How many of you have ever done something you say, oh man, I am so guilty? God will never forgive me for this. Yes, He will. Your flesh. And God knows your flesh. He could have created us to be a spirit but he created us to be flesh. Now his spirit is in us. But this outer man, the inner man, the real you, is the spirit. The outer man is his flesh. So it's going to sin, it's going to do the things, that, or try to do the things that it wants to do. And sometimes we're at war. Satan said, you can do this, and you can do this, and you can do that. And the spirit is saying, no, don't do that. No, I don't want you doing that. Listen to the true you which is the spirit living on the inside of you. That's your real man. You know, whenever a person passes, we've always said to be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord. What what are we saying? We're saying that our spirit, that inner man, the real you, goes to be with Jesus. The outer man, the flesh, is buried in the ground. And then one day, When Christ comes back, he's going to bring back that spirit to heaven and it's going to join that spirit when He comes up out of the grave. You'll find that over in Thessalonians where Paul's talking about "For for the dead shall rise first and we shall follow. We shall be caught up into the clouds with them. But one day that spirit is going to rise up when Jesus comes back and it's going to join that body that he used to have. Now, this is not going to be the same body that was buried. It's going to look like him. But do you realize that when that body comes up and it starts up to heaven, you know what happens? It becomes what we call a glorified body. It becomes a body like Jesus. Remember when Jesus died, was resurrected? He had a different He looked like the same, but he had a different body. We're going to have different bodies. We're going to look like we do. Beverly, I'm sorry, but you know, uh, it's <laughs> you're still going to have to see him like that. And uh, But, you know, we will have a different body. We'll have that same spirit, but we will have different bodies. We'll have a body, a spirit, excuse me, like that. He says, when we are reunited, we shall be like Jesus. Y'all remember whenever Jesus uh, met with the disciples, he knocked on the door, of course they was hiding. But anyway, he knocked nobody, Jesus just walked through the door. I mean, he didn't open the door. He walked through the door. That was his spirit. That was that spirit man. And uh we're going to have the same body that Christ had when he was resurrected but when we do mess up like i said god knew we would mess up he knew we would make mistakes he knew we would sin but yet he still loves us but he says when not if but when cuz we're all going to do it we're all going to make mistakes we're all going to sin not not meaning to not wanting to but sometimes you know something just happens it is before you think you say something before you think. My wife says stuff like that to me all the time. But, you know, I pray for her. And, uh, but anyway, God knew that we would make mistakes. So he gave us a scripture that when we do mess up, we do make a mistake to use this scripture. And it's First John 1, 9. We have said this I don't know how many times, but God put this in here for our benefit. It says in First John 1, 9, it tells us that if we will confess our sins, confess our sins, be truthful, and confess our sins, Jesus is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. When we messed up, he cleanses us from that sin. He cleanses us from that unrighteousness. And not only that, God here God tells us that he will forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Then we should accept and believe what God has said. When we mess up, God said he would forgive me. I believe God has forgiven me. I'm not going to condemn myself because God has forgiven me. I believe what he says and he's forgiven me. And remember what God says. He said that uh, he will take our sins and he will cast them as far as the east from the west never to bring them back up to us again. He forgets them. Maybe we all be more like God. Maybe there's some things we need to forget that somebody's done to us. God says, I forgive you. You know, a person that's been forgiven should be a person that can forgive. uh, But God says, I will remember that sin no more. It's gone. It never happened. And in God's eyes, he'll never see it again. And on top of that, God will never bring that sin back up. It's gone. Forget about it. I made a mistake. God has forgiven me. He don't remember it, so why should I? But somebody's going to remind you about it. You know who that is? Satan. Satan is going to remind you when you mess up. That's when you need just to tell Satan, hey, my almighty God that I serve said that if I would confess my sins, he would forgive me. And then he would cleanse me from all unrighteousness. And that that sin, he would never remember it again. So Satan, I forget it. You might as well forget it too because I'm not going to listen to you. Because Satan is going to try to... He's going to make you condemn yourself. So you just sometimes need to tell Satan, hey, Satan, get the road. And uh, <clears throat> Romans 8 is also, it tells us that there is no separation anymore from God. Remember, before Jesus came, died on that cross, our sins had separated us from God. God couldn't look at us. You know, the Bible says, for God cannot look upon sin. Then Jesus came. He took all our sin upon himself. He took it off of us. He, he reconciled us back to God. When we were separated from God all of a sudden now to God it says that we can come now boldly before the throne of God present our petitions and just simply because we're no longer separated because of the blood of Jesus Christ. What Jesus did on that cross, God now hears us. He can see us. He looks at us. He has forgiven us. (coughs) And like I say, in Romans 8, it also tells us there is no separation from God now or in the future. Well, Bill, where do you get this? I'm still in the book of Romans. I'm here in Romans 8, 38, 39. Many of us do not read what this says. This is God talking to Paul. He is inspiring Paul to tell us these things. This is something that God wants us to know and get it down into our spirit that I love you. Nothing can separate you from me anymore as long as you've got the blood of my son on you. Listen to what he says. In Romans 8, 38 through 39, it says, For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, not height, not depth, not any creature, shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Well, wow, that's powerful. God says, when I get you in my hand, nothing can pull you away from me. He said, I have forgiven you, and nothing, not nothing can change my love for you or how I feel about you. We need to get this into our spirit so that when things come against us, you say, hey, wait a minute. Satan, you need to read Romans chapter 8, verse 38 through 39 and see what that says. That's what I'm standing on. That's what I believe. I don't think I'm condemned. I think I'm loved by Almighty God and nothing can take me away from Him. Sometimes you have to stand up to Satan. sometimes you just have to tell Him where you stand with God. And this is a great promise. Think about it. This is God, God here has promised that I will never stop loving you. I will never stop loving you. God's saying that when we make a mistake in our walk and we sin, we can come to him with a sincere heart. When we come to him with a sincere heart, I'm talking about you have to know that you need forgiveness. You have to know you messed up. And you're coming with a heart for God saying, God, I am so sorry. I truly messed up. And I want you to forgive me. Lord, I I can't go on feeling like this that you haven't forgiven me. You know, David went through that. When he had his affair with Bathsheba, David was one miserable man. Really? you get a chance if you look at Psalms 51 this is about David's sin with Bathsheba what all he went through until he finally fell on his face before God and confessed everything he said I held nothing back I told God everything because I truly want God to forgive me and sometimes that's what we have to do we have to confess we have to just fall on our face right before God Believe me, I have done that. I have on the floor. I had tears running talking to God. I to know how I felt. I was truly sorry. And God, I'm asking your forgiveness for your hand upon me. God, I believe your word. That nothing can take me away from you. That if I will confess my sins, that you will so forgive me, and Lord, that you'll never remember them again. You know, God wants us. Do y'all realize how much God wants you to repeat His Word back to Him? Why? Because that shows you're reading His Word, that you know His Word, you're trusting Him. And you're telling God, now this is what you told me, Lord. I have, my faith is in you, and I believe what you have said, and I stand on it. And sometimes that's what we have to do. We just have to just sometimes hit bottom before we can come up. Do y'all realize when God promises us something? When God makes us that promise, he has to keep his word. God is a God that cannot lie. God sees lie as a sin. And God cannot and he will not sin. So when God promises something, tells us something, God does it. You can count on God keeping his promises. Can God count on us to keep our promises? remember you said lord jesus i accept you as my lord and savior i'm going to walk with you forever i will never leave you how many people have walked got up walked out of the church and never come back they made god a commitment they made a promise but yet they didn't keep it i hope that spirit convicts them so hard and so deep that they're going to run back to church fall on their face in front of the altar and I'll guarantee you, God will forgive them. He will restore them. That's my prayer. I would like to see people that have messed up come back. God, your word said so and so. Lord, I'm standing on that word. I'm coming to you right now and asking for your forgiveness. Please, Lord God, restore me. Fill me full of your Holy Spirit, Lord, that I may serve you in the way that you want me to serve you. <clears throat> And then lastly, Romans eight, it assures us that all things in the present, right now, are working together for our good. Have y'all heard that, had you? All things work together for the good of those who love God? Listen. Here in here in Romans eight twenty eight, God's working on our behalf right now. Things are going on in your life right now. And he said, Lord, I don't understand trust in you because of what your word says right here in Romans 28. Listen to what God's telling us. Even though we don't understand it, put your faith in God. It says, and now we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. To them who are called according to his purpose. God is working things right now in your life to give you a better life, to fulfill purpose. He has made you because we don't understand everything that's going on. We don't understand some of the things we're going through. I'm When God blesses people, a lot of times he uses other people. He has to make those other people line up to him and do what he wants them to do so he can bless you. Sometimes he's using you to bless somebody else. When you feel that urge, Lord, I need to do this, I need to do that. Lord, I need to bless this. Do it. See? Using you to bless somebody else, but you have to be obedient to God. You have to be obedient to God. listen to God. Go with that urging that's inside of us to do what He says we need to do. You know, I don't know. I'm sure some of y'all have done, but I've had that time to help somebody out. Maybe with I didn't have much money at all, and I still don't. What little I had. I give it to them. And they looked in tears. He said, you don't know what this means. You don't know what now I am going to be able to do. I needed this so bad. Thank you. I said, I don't know. I said I just had the feeling that God was telling me to do this. I, said, I have prayed. I have asked for God to send somebody to help me. Do you all realize that somebody was me? I could have disobeyed God. I didn't give him anything. I don't buy them. But when God puts something on your heart, I'll just put it like this. Do like what Mary told the disciples. When he tells you to do something, do it. Do it. When God, you feel God telling you to do something, do it. You're blessing somebody else, plus you yourself are going to be blessed again all over. So as Christians, we can be sure we know without a doubt that there is now no condemnation in our lives, no judgment for our past, and no separation from God. God is right now here in the present with us, and whatever—excuse <coughs> me—and whatever we are going through right now, God will work it out for your good. You may not understand it. Just give God that opportunity. Put your faith, trust. God. Lead not to your own understanding and always acknowledge God <laughs> will direct your path. Trust God. You know, Romans 8 is, is a hope-filled chapter of God's love for every one of us and f- for his creation. For all who have accepted his son into their life by faith. You now are a total, you are a child of the living God. You belong to God. God, you can call God Father. Call Him Father. And Romans 8 is also where we discover how to live a spirit-filled life. Read Romans chapter 8. It will enlighten you so much as to God's love and what God wants to do in our life. Just be obedient. Go with what you feel on the inside. If you feel God telling you to do something, it'll be to help somebody else. All right. When you're obedient, then God says, God said, I had rather have your obedience than your sacrifice. God wants our obedience over sacrifice. So just be obedient to God. Watch your life change. Watch the blessings come upon your life. Lord, you have blessed me so much. And those blessings came, how? From your obedience to our Father in heaven. He blesses obedience. So, we learn how to live the spirit-filled life that Christ himself provided for us through the cross and through his shed blood. We do not realize how important the blood is. Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. Do you realize if Jesus hadn't come, if he hadn't got on that cross, if he hadn't shed his blood for us, we'd still be in our sin. We'd still be straightened from God. We'd be on our way to hell. You're on your way to hell. That is something right there that's a blessing and to give God eternal thanks that Lord thank you for loving me. I know that my mansion in heaven is now ready. We don't know when we're going to go. But I guarantee you will be ready for you. We're going to be He says I know the day of your birth I know the day of your death. Put your faith in me trust me Walk with me, and I will bless you above all measure. So, but anyway, I just wanted to bring this tonight. Sometimes we go through things. We question God, why are you doing this? God, why did this happen? This and that. Sometimes we don't use our faith. We don't give God the credit. And God knows what He's doing. Let us pray. Father God, I thank you tonight. Lord, that I could bring this message. Lord, I hope it inspires somebody just to listen to you, to know now that they are not under condemnation, but they are free of sin. They are free of judgment. Lord, they belong to you. They are your children. Lord, just thank you that you love us so much. Thank you, Lord, for the healings that you're going to do in this church. Thank you for the people that's here tonight. Lord, I know there's some here that, that need a touch from you. Lord, I'm just asking you right now just to touch them mildly by your Holy Spirit. Heal their bodies, Lord. Meet their needs. And Lord, let them know it was you above all things because of your deep love for them. So Lord, thank you tonight for being here. Thank you for giving me this message. And Lord, I just hope it touched who it needed to touch that it'll change lives. Lord, knowing they are secure in you, that they have a home in heaven. So Lord, thank you for blessing us. And Lord, I just ask you as we leave here tonight, put your heads of protection around the people, guard them, protect them, and Lord, bring us back Sunday. Lord, you give me a message for Father's Day, and Lord, I'm going to say what you asked me to do. So Lord, thank you for everything, and in Jesus' name I pray, amen.